When I was five, my dad told me, if you watch anything but the last four minutes of a basketball game, you're wasting your time. Th- those were the days when there wasn't a shot clock, there wasn't a three-point line. You're right. It was they a different would do game. the, remember the old four corners offense sure. that North Carolina used yeah. to run under Dean Smith? Thank you very much for the piano music. That's funny. That's real funny. This could be a long two hours. Peach basket. I, I like it that I had the peach basket. That's right. how basketball started. They put a peach basket atop a pole. That's how you had to retrieve Naismith, the ball. You uh, had to right? tip the pole over and get the ball out of the peach basket. Dr. Right. James Naismith. Exactly. Yeah. The two-handed <laughs> set shot. Wow. A staple of the old days. My dad used to do the two-handed set shot. I, I, and you, uh, yeah. and, and okay. he was money. I, you know, my dad's got – my dad, ex-professional quarterback – He's got a little bit of the two hand in him as well, and it's kind of money. He does do that a little bit. It is it is a little bit part of that older generation. Uh, you don't see Steph Curry's of the world doing that, but yeah, it is funny to watch old clips of uh, and how people shot the the basketball. The Bob Cousy, the Bob two handed set shot. Right. Remember the Rick Barry underhand free throw? Why did that? Never catch on. It worked for him. Why is there no one else that's ever done that? I know, right? Didn't like. I think. I feel like didn't Shaq mess with it just for a little bit because he had a hard time doing it uh, or shooting foul shots. But I, I think the number one reason people don't do it is because it just doesn't look cool. I feel like 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 you know basketball players and your macho male athlete. They're like you know they think it's funny or or weird putting the ball between your legs and throwing it up there. AKA what they call granny style, right? So I don't think there's a lot of young 23 year olds that want to be, you know, uh, associated with granny style shots. Just weird. It is. Even back in the early 70s, right. for a little kid to see that and say, well, that's not how you shoot a basketball. And, <laughs> right. But it goes uh, in every time. It, it, he, he was making it all the time. That's the thing. It, yeah. Hey, maybe Shaq should have tried that. I know. I think that's he the did one a great little... mystery. Right. That's one of the great mysteries of basketball, how horrible that guy was at shooting free throws. Well, like, just horrible. Do you think you'd be good at shooting a golf ball? I don't know. I don't, you know, that's, it's probably what it felt like in his hand. It was like, it was so small. It was probably a little bit weird or have the feel for it. So I, I, I can understand him. He had that, that weird, that weird motion where he'd like do the whole thing and then stop. Yes. Right. And everybody would like, hand. Yeah, everybody would like uh, commit a foul and, and go over the line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Watch anyway. the finals tonight. Watch it. It's been very good. Okay, so check that out. It's three, game six. It's three two Warriors. Is it on NBC? It's I in, only watch NBC. Oh no, it's not on NBC. It's on ABC, right. and then I, mean, I won't watch it. Yep, but but it, it's been an entertaining series. And I know what your dad has said, but this has been one where you know the start of the game, the first two quarters, you don't have a great feel for where it's going to go, and then the third and fourth quarter kind of seems to reveal itself a little bit. So. I encourage you to watch it and get in your pool the this Golden weekend. The Golden State right. Warriors right. lead the series 3-2. to two. They play tonight in Boston. And in honor of this epic best-of-seven series and also as an homage to the great best-of-seven 
basketball series of years past. Our draft later today as we have our final Thursday before our hiatus. And I need to quit talking about the hiatus because now everybody is emailing about what am I going to do for the next five weeks. Some of them are serious and some of them are just being smart asses. What am I going to do for the next five weeks? And some really <laughs> are expressing consternation, but others are just messing with us because they know that I've been complaining about getting emails about the next five weeks. The draft, to finally get to the point, at the conclusion of the show or close to it, all-time best-of-seven series we would have loved to have seen in the NFL where you got two great teams in one given year that really would have given us a highly entertaining and competitive best-of-seven. A can't-look-away, must-see TV best-of-seven. Between We know it's unrealistic, but what the hell? We had no other ideas for today. It's good. And, I like uh, it. the basketball game is tonight. Well, you were complaining about it yesterday. See, you were complaining about it yesterday because you weren't ready for it. Well, you say you like it. That means you actually spent some time thinking about it. I wasn't complaining about it yesterday. Don't say that. I did not complain. I don't really like the draft. I don't know. I don't know how the world is. We had some subjects left on the table that were good that we we did not hit on. And I just said, I'm not in love with the draft. So let's hit on Baker Mayfield to the Panthers, I believe, and the Derrick Henry contract situation. So we did. But thank you. Thank you for exposing me. Like the jerk you oh. are and your little oh, black oh. zip up on a Thursday. <laughs> I, I really wasn't going to wear it today, but I figured since it's the last Thursday Got before to. hiatus, I should. Because it was hot as shit here yesterday. <laughs> it was in the mid-90s, and I'm in an attic. And the air conditioner, fortunately, is working. If it were not working, I would be baking up here. And it's still not holding it at the right temperature. You know it's hot. When the AC your air conditioner losing. cannot yeah. get it, the a- the AC is losing right. the the thermostat battle because the air conditioner can only cool it by I think it's like fifteen total degrees. Okay. Beyond that, it just can't do it. Right. So it would right. be I got it set on seventy six. It's seventy eight. It would be ninety three up here right now if that if that thermodynamic theory has any credence whatsoever, and it apparently does, because, right. again, the thermostat so, is losing. Father's Day, maybe go in the pool this weekend if it's 90-something degrees. I mean, what? I made today. It's 90-something today. I may do it today. In there. I mean, it might be Cannonball. the one thing. You, this little subject might be the one thing that finally gets me down there. I'm just going to come down there and just throw you in oh, the damn throw pool. Me in. No, I no. am. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, that's what, I'm going to just bust through, run up the driveway, bear hug you, no. and jump in the hey. pool with you. <laughs> there's this we have trees all over the place and one of the first trees you'll see coming up the hill says private drive and uh the next tree says protected by smith and wesson so <laughs> and then the, and then the next tree's house. not a tree it's a man with a shotgun <laughs> at your own peril <laughs> okay if you decide all right all right uh let's get to it there isn't a whole lot going on we know it. it's one of the reasons why we're taking a break but there's still something every day something 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 and yesterday Dan Patrick Show, which follows us here on Peacock. They had a little 12 minutes or so with hashtag Tommy, Tom Brady. And Brady was asked by Dan the moment that the light went on that caused him to decide to end his 40-day retirement. Here's Tom Brady on that topic. Give me the day, the moment when you say to Giselle, I'm going back. I think mostly when I kind of told the team, look, like, you know, you guys got to make plans without me, you know, and then, you know, Jason and Bruce said, just give it time, you know, and I said, look, I, I feel pretty strongly, you know, and, and then, you know, time went by and then you just get super competitive, you know, and 
I think I'm part crazy. I mean, I think that's the reality. I mean, <laughs> 45 years old and I'm out here with a lot of young guys that are trying to take my head off. And I see Aaron Donald work out on my Instagram. I'm like, damn, maybe I should have retired, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he's a beast. Um, but, you know, I had the appetite to compete and uh, it's going to be gone soon. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I got to, you know, just really appreciate what the time I have left because it's not a lot. You know, it's funny. He calls himself 45 and I know he will be 45 when the 2022 season begins, but he's not 45 yet. Tom, one of the things you got to learn about getting older, do not surrender territory to father time. You're still 44 and I know it makes for a better story and you round up and it's 45 and you know, why not just say you're 50, but trust me, you don't want to start yielding. You don't want to start rounding up. Be 44 until 12.01 AM local time on August 3 of 2022 when you become 45 actually stretch it all the way to your both birth moment if you want that may be an even better strategy especially if it's later in the day you get to be 44 even longer um i was surprised that he was so candid about his appetite to compete yeah it's not going to be here much longer how does he know that as long as he has an appetite to compete like when i have an appetite for pizza i don't say it's gonna be gone soon unless i know there's a big ass pizza waiting for me to eat the whole thing yeah how does he how does he know his appetite's going to be gone it's not gone yet why would he assume it's just going to evaporate in a year or two i i mean i don't know you know again i think what we see here a little bit and just just going from experiences of people i've known throughout my life who've kind of been in these situations where it comes to the end of the career i I think it's it it seems like this was probably the first offseason he had to go Wait, I, I, do I really want to do this again? Do I really want to go through it? Let me retire and step away for a minute or reassess, even though I don't think he really was retiring in my heart of hearts. I think he was making a play to go to Miami. That was the real thing. But maybe it's the first few off seasons he's at least questioned it a little bit. Do I really want to go all in? And I think that's when guys start to you know, see the finish line because that, that's when you know it's time to go. When you got one step, one foot out the door, one foot in the door at certain points of the calendar year and you're just going, man, I'm not sure if I really want to go through all this. Obviously, he came to the point of I want to come to and do this and compete and do all that. But I think probably he's probably having the realization that there has been some questions in his brain maybe over the last year or two. And that probably has not, you know, filtered into his brain very much throughout his career. That's for sure. I think a big part of it, too, he now knows what he's going to be doing when he decides to stop playing. Yeah, sure. and he's going to occupy a position of prominence, a significant position of prominence as the number one analyst for Fox. The biggest game of the week every week on Fox, 425 p.m. Eastern kickoff every other week with a gigantic audience between 25 and 30 million is what they draw for those late afternoon games. If it's a compelling game, again, people aren't tuning in just to listen to Tom Brady or Tony Romo or whoever. They're tuning in because it's a great game and it's broadcast to 95 percent of the country. And there's that one little pocket that gets Cardinals Jaguars and like why the hell do we not get to see the great game but everybody else gets to see the great game no no offense to the Cardinals and the Jaguars are just two teams that came to mind that I probably wouldn't want to watch if there was a great game (laughs) otherwise on but he'll be there he'll still be in the spotlight he'll be there for 10 years at least he'll be there as long as he wants to do it he can do it for 30 more years 
He can do it until he's 75. He can do it until he's 80 if he wants to, if he wants to. So he's got a plan B that is almost a plan 1B. I mean, it's almost as good as plan 1A, which is keep playing. The only drawback to that, Chris, comes from something he said last December, an interview that he did with John Wertheim of Sports Illustrated. He said, I imagine not playing, and I imagine watching football games on Sundays going, these guys suck. I could do way better than that. And then knowing in my heart, I could still actually do it. If I stopped, I'd have to find something else that I'm pretty good at. So he's finding something that maybe he'll be good at, maybe he won't. It's one of the great mysteries of his broadcasting career that is yet to be determined. But it's not like he can just shut down the TV. It's not like he can avoid any torment from thinking, why the hell did I decide to stop playing? Look at this schmuck that's out here playing quarterback. Yeah. And it'll be funny if some of that bubbles up. If we get some of that frustration from him in year one, if he does think, what the hell, what the hell did I do? Well, look at, well, look at what I'm, look at this crap. Look at this. These guys suck. I can still do way better than that. He's not going to be able to run and hide from it. So I think it, I think it staves off the ending of the appetite even longer. I don't think he wants to be in a position where he's forced every week to see guys who can't play the way that he still can right now. Well, I, you know, again, I think you're not going to avoid that feeling altogether, no matter what. Uh, he's not even no matter what that first year he's at a football, he's going to look at it. And he's going to look at 10, 15, 18 quarterbacks and go, damn, I'm better than them. I know that for sure. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. But I think where, you know, again, it, it, I, I think where he's talking about a little bit and he used the word crazy and calling himself crazy. And he is. I mean, he's the craziest of the crazy. There's no doubt about that. He has immersed himself and lived the game really like no other that we've seen, really, in the history of football. Uh, he has. And the way he's taken care of his body and done all of that. And i, I got to imagine that has to all be exhausting, too. You know, I, I know my career was nothing. And I played eight years. But I can say that. When I did get done, if there was one thing that I was like, oh, this is nice that I'm not playing because there wasn't much nice that I, about not playing. I was heartbroken, as I've told you before. I cried on a lot of Sundays and said things like you're saying that Tom Brady would say, going, I can't believe this guy's playing. I'm better than him. I was doing that too. But I, the one thing I was a little relieved with was the fact of, oh, man, okay, I don't have to worry about getting up and let me see how I'm going to attack the day with my workout and my diet and just worry about all the little things that go into a day-by-day basis. Let me go throw just a few balls to work on this mechanical thing. That, can, I imagine, can get exhausting in itself. That's the competitive part, I think, that wears a guy like Brady out. It's not playing on Sundays. That's fun. It's probably easy for him. It's, it's all the stuff that goes into making the donuts and making them good. I think that probably exhausts you, and that's what takes you away from competing and doing that. It's still got to be hard, especially yeah. that no, first no, year. I, I, I it's agree. It's got to be very hard. Totally. And think about it. Think yeah. about it. The hardest part for him is probably going to be not being in the booth watching the game. It's going to be walking around on the field during the warm-ups, sure. seeing people going through their routines, and he's their suit and tie wishing that he had the football in his hands, wishing that he was getting ready to play, missing that feeling that's never coming back again. That's the thing. Once you stop, it's never coming back, unless you do take a year off 
and then decide to come back. Or at some point near the end of your year, somebody gets injured, the planets light up just right, and you come out of retirement to help some team. I can't rule that out with this guy. I wasn't ready to rule it out with Brett Favre. And now that he's on the Brett Favre career path where he's already retired and unretired once, faster than Brett Favre ever unretired. You can't rule out not just another, I'm done, okay, maybe I'm not, but also one of those Roger Clemens. Remember how Clemens, late in his career, would would just show up in July or August or thereabouts and not do a full season? You can't rule that out. You cannot rule that out. He's still going to have time to stay in shape. He's still going to have time to be thinking and preparing, and he's going to be around the game, and the opportunity arises. And what's Fox going to say to him? No, we can't let you do that. They'd love that. They'd love that. You just tap Greg Olson on the shoulder and say, come back to the number one team for the rest of the year, and we're going to move everybody up, and off we go. I, I, I don't think Fox would bat an eye at that if he wanted to press pause on his broadcasting career. And my guess is the guy is sufficiently strategic and detailed that he's probably asked them hypothetically, what if my first year on the job, there's an opportunity and I just can't take not playing anymore. Well, we're fine, Tom. I mean, the best time to ask for that is when you're negotiating the deal. I bet he, I bet he brought it up and I bet they said, we'll be fine with that. I mean, they're fine with him waiting until whenever he feels like it sure. to start. Seems like he can do whatever he wants, right? It, it doesn't matter. I, I don't. I don't like doubt that the, some of those feelings will happen. I don't know. I, I feel like when he does call it quits, it's going to be quits. Uh, whenever that does happen, and I expect yeah. it to like, happen like this year. Like this year? Well, Mike, come on. I mean, but we know he, he didn't it call quits. it quits. I know. I we know. know he didn't. Come on, he wasn't calling anything quits. He was trying to get on another team with Sean Payton. And move his whole family down there and act like it was a retirement. We know that that's so that's where, you know, it, it's a little weird that we talk about this retirement thing. It's like, hey, how was the 40 day retirement that wasn't really a retirement and you were planning something else? But we got to ask you the, about the retirement. Like, so that's what's weird about the conversation in general. But I hear you, Mike. He, I'm sure he's going to have those thoughts and some of those, you know, feelings pulling him that way. The only thing I, I just feel like with Brady where I don't see him being like a middle of the year, end of the year, oh, let me go on. Because I just feel like he respects the process too much to where he knows like that's going to be too hard and trying to learn the offense and get on the same page and do all those Good things. Point. That would be Good the only point. thing I would throw it in there. Not Again, not to say you're wrong. It would have to be a situation where – It's all comfortable like, and it's – Like it would have to be the Raiders with Josh McDaniels. Exactly It would have to be right. something That's where he could walk right through the door and you know, it would be much it. more exactly. easily exactly. transitioned. Right, yeah. right. That, that, that was my only thought there. But, you know, uh, again, this is going to be interesting. And the, 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 the Brady, the way he works and, and attacks things, you know, I, I don't – I wouldn't be shocked if he gets into the Fox gig and gets immersed in it and really is like, wow, this is kind of cool preparing for two games, two teams every week and getting to view it from this you know, standpoint and talking to these teams and doing that. You know, I, I think he's going to be very good at that job. I really do. And I think he's continuing to show us his personality. And he's shown us a little bit of not afraid to say things a little bit, you know? I mean, making fun of Josh Allen a little bit. He's made a few other things here as of late. What what did he send out this weekend? The picture of the Peyton Manning forehead? So maybe he's going to be willing a little bit to, to be a little more risque uh, with his words uh, than, than we think. 
There's a fine line between being funny <laughs> I thought and that just was being funny. a jerk. <laughs> it was a jerk, but it was really funny, too. <laughs> the stuff with Josh Allen, the constant fat jokes for a guy who isn't fat. I know. There's a point where you just got to let that go. Yeah. That didn't make any sense, and it's it eventually comes off as mean-spirited. He's <laughs> yeah. got to find the right balance. Yeah. Because that guy, that guy that's always on someone, that picks someone out, that picks someone out in the group yeah. and decides, I'm going to ride this guy all day. At some point, you cross the line into being a dick. Yeah. You, you sure, do. Sure. You just do. Sure. And he's got to be careful about that. And I doubt that he'll do that. I mean, yeah. this guy's always very careful. He says he, he doesn't say what he believes 90% of the time because he doesn't want that conflict in his life. Well, get ready for some conflict in your life if you're <laughs> yeah. going to be. And I, and I want, look, hey, maybe he's the robot that the guy at Google was talking about, that the robots become sentient. I mean, he, he has gone from full-blown cyborg to this guy who's testing out his personality in all these different (laughs) environments, in large part because he's making money from it. I mean, let's be realistic about it. Every one of these cool uncle videos that you see on social media is chased immediately by go buy Tom Brady brand stuff. Sure. So there's a a huckster element to this fact that Pinocchio is indeed trying to come off as a real boy. So let's be honest about this there is a profit motive to this guy who i think is trying to win the race to have enough money to eventually buy a team i think he eventually wants to buy a team and not just be figurehead minority owner like he would have been in miami i think he wants to be 30 percent in my name i run the show this is my thing because that's the only way he's ever going to replace that competitive element that has fueled him for all these years. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you there. I don't I don't doubt that that's on the radar, too. I mean, I think he can, you know, I don't know his cash situation. We know he's got a lot of it. You know, his wife's got a lot of it. You know, I would think that, you know, he knows a lot of big power players in the world that he could be involved in some sort of ownership group and put up whatever stake or percent he can put up to, to get to where you're talking about. I hear you. There, There's a great, you know, com- competitive part even for somebody like me, where I go, man, it'd be great to get back in and you know evaluate a team and do all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure that'll be there, but I also think that the emotions of calling a game and and doing that on a Fox Sunday, I think those are pretty damn good too. I do. I, I think that's one. I, just speaking to my dad all those years, yeah, it's not playing quarterback for the Giants, but you know, I think the the. You know, the intensity of the situation, the adrenaline you get a little bit, you're in the stadium with the crowd. It's it's one of the closest things you're going to get to playing quarterback and, and having that feeling replaced a little bit to where I could see him really enjoying the job and liking that aspect. But there's no wins and losses. Well, there's no, there's wins, no and wins and losses. losses. Nope. Other than the ratings, and the ratings aren't there because of you. They're there because of the teams involved, plain and simple. Plain and simple. I was on radio in Chicago yesterday, and that topic came up. Why are the networks paying so much? for announcers when people are going to watch the games regardless of who it is that's calling the game. The game doesn't draw the announcer. It may turn some people away depending upon who it is, but it's not going to draw people in. And I just think it's just part of this sense that it's all big. Yeah. It's a big deal. We're talking for months in the offseason about how much the announcers are being paid. It, it keeps everyone believing that this is a huge freaking deal. 
And we must be engaged with this. We must follow this game. We must watch this game. It's a huge, huge deal. And and I think that's one of the big reasons why the networks are just throwing so much money. Oh, and they also have it. But beyond that, they're doing it because I think there's an expectation from the NFL that all of the networks treat this like a big freaking deal. And having Tom Brady in the booth is going to be a big deal. By the way, if he wants to own a team, as I said, he needs to be able to buy 30% of it. So for the Denver Broncos, for example, at $4.65 billion, and we only know that number is going to keep going up and up and up in the coming years. Right now, you need $1.395 billion. Write the check. No debt. you got to be able to write the check for $1.395 billion, and you got to have enough money to operate the team once you've paid the $1.395 billion. That's why Rob Walton, son of Walmart founder Sam Walton, with his nearly $70 billion in net worth, is a no-brainer. He can, he can shrug at that, especially because it's a hell of an investment, because $4.65 is going to become 6.45, is going to become 9.8. I mean, it's just going to keep going up and up and up. And that's the problem with Tom Brady. It keeps going up and up and up. It's like, I, right, right when I finally get to the point where I could buy it, oh, God, it's more expensive now. Yeah, I know. When you put it like that, I go, yeah, he's not going to own 30% of a team, or, or he's not going to do that. He's not going to get there. As awesome as he is, I'm not sure he can get there. All right? he's, he's the man. Uh, certainly. I could see him running a football team at some point, but maybe not get to that point. I don't know. He'll have a lot of work to do. A lot more Instagram videos to do, for sure. He's, he he's making $50 million a year just from his endorsements. $50 million. And he was the highest paid NFLPA member last year from jerseys and trading right. cards and their, their, their group stuff that gets disseminated to the individual players based upon who it is that's moving the needle. He had a record like $10 million just from that. It's, it is amazing. It is amazing. And I don't know how his Brady brand is doing. Right. I don't know. I don't go to stores anymore. But he's pushing the hell out of it. And apparently, it must be out there. I mean, they're trying to do what they can. Now, the crypto stuff, we don't talk about the crypto when the crypto crashes. But that's another one of his big things, too. But the crypto has indeed crashed. You don't see many Tom Brady crypto tweets when it crashes. When the people who have gotten in late on the pyramid realize maybe this wasn't a well, great. I've always wonder and what I've heard. All. Yeah, well, I've always heard with some of these people that you know again endorse the crypto and all that too. That they, they don't even get in on the crypto. They just go give me cold hard cash. I'm not doing that. So just do that because I know there's been some of that. You know, I've I've read a few articles about that. So where I would go, I bet you I don't know. I bet you he's not even invested in it. I bet you he just got a check for doing some of that stuff. I don't, I don't know that, but either way, he's got a, any avenue he wants to go as far as business, make more money, as we've discussed, and TB12, like, I look at that, like, maybe that is the way to where he becomes an owner or something. Maybe at some point, you know, some one of these apparel companies does buy the rights of that overall, just like Nike kind of Jordan, and it becomes its own little part of the Nike, you know, brand inside of that is Jordan, I could see TB12 being like that maybe for Under Armour or whoever to where it's its own thing, its own entity, and that gives him a huge cash flow somewhere. 
You know, that TB12 book, it was a Jeopardy answer last night. That TB12 book came out in 2017. It's been five years now. And the grand plan for TB12 was to basically make it like the McDonald's of fitness and have those TB12 things all across the country. I don't see any TB12s all across the country. I just, I don't, I don't think there's a widespread appetite to turn your life upside down and stop eating the food that tastes good no. and stop drinking beer and wine. Hey, hey great country. lifestyle, Tom, and he may live to be 140, right? But the rest of us are going to enjoy the time that we have instead of trying to stretch out. Like, hey, you get to live 100 years, but you don't get to enjoy yourself as much as you otherwise would if you lived 80 and you got to eat pizza, yeah. real pizza, yeah. not pizza fashioned you. out I, of some sort of bamboo. That's me right there. That's me. I'm a, little more over the, I'm a little more about the quality over the quantity. There's a conversation I have with my wife a lot. She's, she's healthy as hell going to live to 120 I'm more along the lines of, ah, I'll roll the dice here, and if I don't live as long, okay, we'll see. <laughs> and, and, and you're not the slightest bit suspicious when she's putting extra helpings of butter, full-fat butter, <laughs> on, your, on your processed flour wonder bread, saying, please, honey, eat up. <laughs> Enjoy. No wonder bread, none of that. It's all organic in our house, that's for sure. No, for you, but, for you. Yes, no, she wants but, you to go ahead and run out the clock. My point is she wants you to die yeah, so she can find you. somebody else. That's right. the point I'm right. trying to thank make. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yes, I got it. Yeah. I caught on now. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> uh, actually, I can speak to the it's, it's, well, I, I I don't know. I all I know is I'm going to go before my wife goes, so, you know. Enjoy. Don't you want to? I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I want to. I want to go before my dog goes. I I hear you. I hear you. I I want to be the. We're we're in a household right now, currently of four, because my son's here for the summer. Yeah, I want to be the first one to go. That's pretty good life. But I'll I'll be the I'll be the one to check out first. The the rest of you can manage without me. Yeah, and they would. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, they'll be okay without you for sure. Will the Jets be okay with? Their quarterback, Zach Wilson, this year. Here's Robert Sala, mandatory minicamp week, meeting with the media, talking about what he wants to see in year two from the second overall pick in the 2021 draft. Zach Wilson, have a listen. What are you looking for from Zach in year two in terms of his development? Um, you ready for the cliche answer? Or the <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it is, guys. You know, he had obviously it's well documented. He had a rough rookie year. I mean, we all did. Uh, I did include myself. So, um, you know, just just in terms of growing, this people are forgetting that he's got a young offensive supporting cast. His receivers are young. His backs are young. The old line is just gelling together. Um, he's young. Um, and so, so for Zach, really, it's just to continue to progress and becoming the starter that uh, a starting quarterback and and moving in the direction that we're all we all know that he's capable of. Um, he doesn't need to be Tom Brady this year. He doesn't need to be. Now, if he ends up being that, that's awesome. But that's not the expectation for him. The expectation is for him to continue to climb that mountain that that's that's quarterback play in this league. And um, and we all got his back, and he's got a supporting cast that's working its tail off. And uh, and from there, it's just piecing it together. And look, I mean, it's hey, it's a process. Tom Brady didn't become Tom Brady right away. You become a franchise quarterback through your results. You got to work toward getting to the point where you get the results. And it's not just statistical results like Matt Stafford, early years of his career. You got to have wins. You got to have on-field results. The team has to be better for Zach Wilson to be elevated. There's only so much he can do to elevate himself. He has to get W's on Sunday on a regular basis. That's when you begin to get attention and notoriety and respect and 
that name enters the pantheon. Sometimes quickly, sometimes it takes a while. But look at Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, a couple of guys we're going to talk about later today as we get to the final four of the Chris Sims quarterback countdown. It can happen quickly, it but it has a lot to do with what you have around you. Although Herbert, Herbert has been able to get into the upper echelon of your rankings without even getting to the playoffs. Right, right. Or, I mean, hey, I mean, yes, you know. I mean, Joe Burrow's got talent around him, but, damn, there ain't been many quarterbacks in the history of football that got to the Super Bowl with that type of offensive line. That tells you how special he is, too. But Wilson, I think, you know, Mike, with that conversation there, I have faith in Wilson to be a big-timer, and I believe the Jets do, too. You know, anybody you talk to in that organization, they love what Zach Wilson does, you know, as far as work ethic, you know, do, doing all the little things to make himself better. So that's the first reason I got belief is it sounds like the guy loves the game and he's living it and he's doing all the little things to make himself better that way, physically, mentally, you know, all those little details and intricacies. But the other thing, too, is the guy's got talent. It's plain and simple. It's real talent. It's like wow talent. And I think when you put those two things together, all right, and then you talk about, yes, like you're talking about support and team, that's when, okay, whoa, here we got something. But the way he played towards the end of the year, the last four or five games, I mean, he played some big-time football. And, yeah, they didn't have a great running game always, and their defense was one of the poorer ones in football. So, you know, he wasn't like he got to sit there and, oh, let's run the ball and, you know, they'll manage me and I won't have to do much today and maybe we can still win the game. No, they needed him to actually, like, make plays and get in the pocket. And this is an advanced level type quarterback play here. We got you to read it out and do it. He showed, you know, growth in all those areas, let alone the talent to be big time. So that's where I'm excited for him. And the Jets, Mike, they're one of those teams where I want to put a little asterisk next to them, as in like one of those teams I'd go watch out for a little bit. I think there's a little more talent on the team than maybe people realize. But we talked about this last week. Their schedule is so brutal. I just don't know if they can get the momentum and the, the confidence going to, to really capitalize on it for such a young football team. Yeah, the first nine games, Ooh. Murderers Row, Murderers. the Easier games are tucked into the back half of the schedule. Better to get those early and start winning some games so you don't feel that urgency that borders on panic as you get into late October, early November. Now, mandatory exactly. minicamp, people available to talk to the media. Zach Wilson, speaking after Robert Sala, had an opportunity to field a question and answer it on the expectations that Sala has for his quarterback in year two. Here it is. Sala was in here earlier and he was talking about – you know, he believes your potential is limitless, but you can't sort of rush to the ceiling. It's almost where you got to be progression. He talks about 101, 301, 501. Mm-hmm. Is it tough to sort of be patient and not want to just, you know, be great right away? Right. Well, I have that confidence in myself. You know, I see the best play of the game, and I, I think I can do the same thing right now. And, you know, maybe there's glimpses of plays or whatever, but it, it is true. Like, you have to write out that process. You have to understand the process and where you're trying to get ultimately overall. And you can't just look at it all in one year. You know, I have to look at last year and the struggles and ups and downs of it as part of the process of getting better. And so, um, of course, I'm going to try and be the best I can right now, but you have to understand that it's going to take time. Well, if, if it does take time, how good do you think you can be? Um, I mean, I guess we'll see. I really do have a lot of confidence in myself to be able to see. Um, you know, obviously, I think I can be one of the best. And I think if anybody doesn't say that, then they're not a true competitor. So, And that's right. As he's saying, they're thinking, well, what else is he going to say? Well, I could be middle of the pack. I aspire to be average. Who in the hell? Now, I guess in some 
jobs where you don't really enjoy it and it's not public, it's not visible, and you've got other concerns away from work. I've had jobs like that, and I thank God every day that I do something now that I thoroughly enjoy. But if you're not really into what you're doing, sometimes your aspiration is just keep the paycheck coming. Yeah, but for right. something like this, right. where it's all founded on competition and sport and everything you do is going to be scrutinized. Yeah, if you're not saying, I think I can be one of the best, you shouldn't even be in the business. Nobody is coming out and saying, oh, I just want to make an NFL paycheck as long as I can because I really don't have any other marketable skills. Right, right. No, no. You're not going to survive that way in the NFL more times than not. You know, you might get a guy every now and then who can be like, hey, I'm just doing this to collect a paycheck or whatever and blah, 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 and they can get away with it. But those are like so few and far between. You got And be. they're not as good as they could be. No. Those guys have a great amount of natural talent, but they're squandering it by not getting the most out of it, 100. by not being as motivated as they need to be. A hundred percent. And a lot of times it is those kind of guys. It's the guy that you go, man, he's one of the more talented guys on the team. If he just cared, holy cow. Right. But they haven't had a care for most of their life and still been great. So, you know, why care now? That's kind of what happens with some of those guys. But when greatness kind of comes together is when you have a guy with the talent and then you go, oh, no, he's got a crazy work ethic. Well, Michael Jordan's got talent, and it sounds like he's the most psycho guy at practice every day. Well, there's Tom Brady. He's got an unbelievable arm and can play the quarterback better than anybody, and he's a psycho on May 2nd about you know timing and rhythm and all that. That's, that's when you hit greatness. And I do think the Jets see some of that in Zach Wilson, and he does have the ability to back that up. Now, can he put it all together? We're going to see. It is. There's a lot that goes into it. And then, to your point, they need to support him to where he can show all these skills, a la Matthew Stafford, like you talked about. Oh, wait, Matthew Stafford is good. Yeah, when he has a little help around him, you can see all the other things he can do that are, that are top level. So that's where I'm excited for the Jets. And, Mike, I know we've broken this down a little bit, but you, know, you break down the O-line, which wasn't great last year, but Lake and Tomlinson, you know, they're excited about Mekhi Becton who I know we're going to talk about here in a minute because he's got huge talent. You know, George Fanta tackles pretty good, right? They got Elijah Vera Tucker at the other guard. Now you add the running back, Brees Hall from Iowa State, with Michael Carter, the second. And then the receivers, you know, Elijah Moore, early second round. And then you got Corey Davis, top, you know, pick, top 10 pick, and, and Garrett Wilson and, and CJ Uzuma at tight end. I mean, you look at it on paper. And I have that same feeling I've gotten with, like, the Miami Dolphins maybe a few years ago. You start to go, damn, they're, they're kind of good at a lot of spots here. Now can they go out there and play and gut out some games and learn how to win in the NFL on a consistent basis? That's going to be the big question. And like you talked about and we talked about, there's not a lot of wiggle room with some of the teams they're playing early in the year. And before we spin it forward on the offensive line, I want to echo yeah. one point that you made because yeah. fans need to understand – because there's a natural resentment. There's a feeling that somebody wins the lottery athletically. They have these God-given abilities that are just innate and inherent. And that is a big part of it. But also, there's a commitment to getting the absolute most out of what you've been given yes, to compete right. at the highest possible levels. Right. Which means getting up extra early to work out. Eating food that you'd rather not eat, like right. bamboo shaped into a pizza, right? right. Just awful Sacrifice stuff Friday that nights is where you good go for out. you. Yeah. Right. 
No beer, no wine, right. no cigarettes, no weed, although the weed can be very beneficial for the purposes of managing the pain because that's the other side of it too. You go out there and you get the crap beat out of you. And you have physical ailments because of this sport that you've given your life over to. It isn't as easy. It isn't as glamorous. It isn't as get-rich-quick as people think. you got to put a lot of effort into it. And the best players aren't just rolling out of bed and grabbing a cheeseburger for breakfast no. and rolling into practice and uh, you know throwing the ball around for a little bit and then going home and waiting for game day. That doesn't work. No. you got to put the time, especially in today's NFL. Yeah. It's too competitive today. If you're not fully committed to it, you are not going to be truly one of the best. Mekhi Becton could be one of the best tackles in football, health permitting. The guy is massive, and there's a lot of expectations still. Here is Mekhi Becton on the challenges from last season and how he tries to spin this thing forward. Had a lot of injuries last year that limited his play. Here's what he was asked and what he had to say. How challenging was last year for you? It was, it was really, it was really like, just a lot of adversity, you know, like just a lot to come from, like just trying to come better than what you did the rookie year and then just to get hurt and be out all season. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle, but I'm definitely coming back with that chip on my shoulder. Do you feel like people have kind of written you off already? Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand why, but it's all good, though. I'm going to make them eat their words. His T-shirt said in the middle, big bust. Around it, the words were fat, lazy, out of shape, injury-prone, bum, sucks, and overweight. I love it. That is one hell of a shirt. I love that it. That is quite the shirt. Wouldn't that be great to to get a shirt that is just like word salad of all the things the haters say about me? As a constant reminder to the world, I'm aware of it, and I'm not that, and I got no problem wearing this shirt to let you all know you are going to eat your words. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think, it, you know, it's a good sign to me. That's a guy that, that shows he's a little motivated in the way he's talking right there. He's Yeah, there's a chip on his shoulder. He's pissed off. He doesn't like the way the Jets fans and people up here in the Northeast have been talking about him. You know, there is a lot of, like, bus talk and, you know, what is this guy? And, of course, about his weight and the injury and all that stuff. He is extremely talented. He's got to stay healthy. Yes, that's the biggest thing. Stay healthy, keep the weight in check, and he's a guy that could be franchise left tackle for 10 years and be making $22 million a year. He has that type of ability. So now he's just got to go out and do it. But, I mean, the Orlando Browns of the world, the Trent Browns of the world, this is the kind of human being he is as far as size-wise. It's 6'5 or 6'6. It's what, Mike, 350? Probably close well, to 360, right? He's listed He's listed as 6'7, 364. If he's really 6'7, yeah. 364 may be the right three numbers. They may just not be in the right order. <laughs> well, they're, 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 that's the good day, the 364, when you're probably that. So that's probably like the lightest he actually is or has been. But, yeah, he's got to stay on top of that. But, man, if he does, and you hear some of the Jets coaches talk about it even last offseason and, and into the preseason a little bit, he does things on the football field where you go, whoa, does he really move in that quickly? Whoa, did he just have one arm and throw that guy like he was like a, a toy doll? I mean, that, that's, he's special that way. So I'm rooting for him, and I hope he does prove some people wrong. And for the sake of the Jets, they need him to play well. Played in one game last year due to injury. And injuries happen. They are inherent to the sport. There are parts of your body, if they get hit the wrong way at the wrong time, are going 
to break. They're going to strain. They're going to tear. You're not going to be able to play. It happens. It is an injury-prone sport. The people aren't injury-prone. The game is injury-prone. That's how it works, and some guys just aren't lucky. Now, at a certain point, it's not a matter of luck. It's just a matter of constitution or body. I mean, certain people just can withstand the pounding. Emmett sure. Smith, we talk about running backs all the time. It's right. inevitable you're going to get injured. Well, Emmett Smith, it was inevitable that he was going to play no matter what was wrong with him. Sure. He found a way to get it done. He was right. built a certain way, and he wasn't – hits that would injure others didn't injure him. Again, we don't no. we don't know until you throw the guy into the fray at that level if his body can withstand it. Certain bodies can and certain bodies can't. No. And some big yeah. bodies still can't. You're right. It doesn't matter. You're not indestructible just because you're six seven, three sixty. And that's why you gotta play, Mike. That is that's a real thing. Like what you're talking about there, yes, it's you know, natural to some people and the fact that they have the sixth sense a little bit of oh, I just know how to put my body in a certain position that kind of gets it out of harm's way when you're in the mosh pit of people. And there's some guys that are just, they're gifted at that. They know how to do it. And yeah, you're a little lucky too. But the other thing is, is when you play, you learn that stuff as well. You, you learn, you know, oh, I, I was in this situation before and somebody fell on my ankle. Let me, oh, here it is again. Let me get my feet out of the ground so it doesn't happen. You start to learn the little nuances of protecting your body while also trying not to protect it. You know, there, there is something that is a learned skill there. I bet you Tom Brady could talk about it. I bet you he could tell you about the way he got sacked, you know, year one or year two of his career. He has a different thought or feeling that goes through his brain now because he knows how to go with it or just take the hit. Don't fight against it. Just go to the ground with the guy. There's no point in straining and trying to hold up and do those. You do learn that stuff, and that's why you do want to play because you get to a point where all of a sudden you've played and you feel like, man, this is like riding a bike. I'm, I'm not going to get hurt. I'm good out here. And you just got to kind of get over that hump and get enough games in to, to get that type of experience. It is amazing when you look at the scrum that unfolds offensive and defensive line every game. The bodies get all twisted up in there, and there aren't more broken legs, broken arms, broken anything when everything starts to happen, especially that dynamic of I'm just standing there blocking a guy right, and someone falls on my leg uh -huh. from behind and breaks my ankle or tears my ACL. And some of that's unavoidable, but I agree with you. You get an idea of, of just how to flow away from everything else, how to properly handle yourself so you aren't susceptible to that weird fluke thing that we see happen sometimes, but not nearly as often as you would think it would. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it is amazing. And, I mean, again, I, I can speak to myself and how many times I gave the ball to the running back running up the middle and saw collisions and people fall on each other and just go, oh, my gosh, I don't know how that guy survived. And, holy cow, that guy almost lost his leg. He was an, an inch inch closer there. The leg he's going to broke, it's broken, it snaps. I mean, it's, it's, it's a brutal sport. And, again, I think that goes back to why we support the players when it's time to get new money and we want them to get it. Uh, you don't – it's not a doctor or a lawyer – you can't do it until you're 60 years old. You only have a short period of time, and you got to make it make it count when you're there. And Mackay Becton, the Jets, Zach Wilson, we'll see if they can make it count this year. There's potential there, but can you put it all together and learn to win in the NFL? That's another skill in itself, and they're going to have to learn that there in, in New York. You say 60 like it's really old. There was a time in my life where 60 was really old. Now that I'm 
three years away. Well, two years and 51 weeks away. It ain't that old anymore. Yeah. Well, it is from where I'm sitting. Sound, Looks old well, from over here. <laughs> the only the only problem is I will never be able to fully enjoy you aging because I will still be. Like, it's going to be hard for me to laugh at you yeah, I know. turning 60 because yeah. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, you'll All be right. 76. That's why. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> 76 If I'm alive. Or 74. If I'm alive. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? All right, let's go ahead and take a break. The Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown for 2022. We've got four left. We'll give you four and three when PFT Live continues right after this. 